What's going on at 11.30? How you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us this morning. Can we get up for all of our family that's watching with us online as well? Man, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We're, we're glad you're joining us online. Before we dive into today's message, uh, I, I, there's a couple things I need to go over for us today. First one of those is, is that we're getting ready to roll into legacy season as a church. And so legacy is about faith, family, and future. Every year at the end of the year, we do a special offering to help accelerate the vision and make our, our church go further, faster. And this is an opportunity for us to do that. We're gonna be hearing over the next couple of weeks some of the things that, that your generosity has done over the last year and also what we're believing God we can do in 2022. And so we're excited to share some of those things. One of those things that I wanted to share with you this weekend is about our Lighthouse Point location because a lot of people have been asking questions like, what's happening with Lighthouse Point? We had the opportunity to purchase this, this church property over uh, during the summer and there's been a lot of renovations, a lot of things that have been happening there. And so there's a couple of important dates that I want you to know about that are coming up here. In fact, the first one is next weekend, uh, November 14th at 6 p.m. We are having a vision night. So anybody that's interested in being a part of that location, serving at that location and, and hearing about it, we're gonna be doing that actually there at our Lighthouse Point location. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that. If maybe you live on that side of town, maybe you're watching online right now and you go, you know what, I wanna go and I wanna be a part of that. We'd love for you to do that. Also coming up later on in November, November November 28th and December 12th, we have some team nights for people that have already gotten involved and said, hey, I wanna be a part of this team with Pastor Brian there. If you wanna be a part of those teams, there's actually, uh, we'll show you a number you can text to be a part of that. But the big exciting announcement with Lighthouse Point is that we have a grand opening date uh, that's coming up January 9th. We're gonna be launching our Lighthouse Point location. And this is exciting for us as a church as, as we're gonna go over to that side of town. And so if you wanna be a part of any of that, there's actually a number that you can text right there. Text LHP to that number. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing through our church on the east side of town. And we're excited to see what's gonna happen in January. And so, man, uh, I am unashamed about this because we don't ever talk about money at our church and we don't actually ever ask you to give, but I will unashamedly ask you to pray, and I will unashamedly ask you to be obedient to whatever God says. And I believe that if we do that, we'll see God do immeasurably more than all we could ask, think, or imagine in this coming year what he wants to do through our church. And so today, we're, we're gonna jump into this series that we have called The Fight of Your Life. So if you have those sermon notes on your chair, grab them, throw them up in the air, and wave them like you just don't care. Come on, grab them. I can see you, so if you don't do it, I will start calling you out from stage. Like, Dave, right there, I, I wanna see you, like, like I will start, gentlemen back there, I see you with the sunglasses on your head, yeah, I see you with your arms, there you go, okay, okay, good, okay, you can put them down now. I wanna make sure that you're engaged and involved here, and so, uh, we are in a series called The Fight of Your Life, and we've been talking about spiritual warfare over the last couple of weeks, and it's not, and honestly, so many of you guys have come up to us, and, and from myself and other people on our team, and said, you know what, I cannot believe that this series has come up at this time, because I've been going through something and what we've been learning is a lot of the things that we're dealing with in life are way more spiritual than we ever perceived them to be. 
We just thought that there were problems out there in the world, but we didn't realize that there is actually an enemy that is out there that is up against us, trying to hinder us from moving forward in God. And so in this series, we've been teaching you about how you, there is a fight that you're gonna have to fight and that how God wants you to be victorious. And we've been studying a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter six. The apostle Paul is writing there about how we can actually live out this victorious life. And so we're gonna pick up, starting in verse 13, like we have the last couple weeks, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. And that's the goal for this series is that we would put the armor of God on so that when the day of evil comes, and some of you guys, you feel like you're right in the middle of that day of evil. For some of you, it hasn't been the day of evil. It's been like the month of evil or the year of evil. For some of you, it's like the decade of evil. It's like, it's been like never ending. He says, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And we talked about this two weeks ago that we said that there is something that has to stabilize the core of who you are. And the thing that we need in our life is we need truth. And truth is not just a, a thing that is out there. Truth is actually a person. And truth's name is Jesus. We need Jesus at the center, at the core of our life. And then he says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And we talked about this last weekend, that this idea that we have to be righteous in life is critical. And then he says in verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I want to give you some background because the Apostle Paul here is actually sitting in prison, in a Roman prison, and he's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's talking to them about this idea of spiritual warfare. And as he's writing to them, he's looking at a Roman centurion that is there guarding him, and as he's, talk, as he's writing, he's describing the armor that the centurion is wearing. He's saying, you know, you got to put the belt of truth around your waist, and you've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness, and then he looks down. And he sees the feet of the Romans in church, and he says, you know what you really need? Is you really need your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And here's what I know is that a lot of us, we walked in here today, and we walked in with a lot of anxiety. We walked in here with a lot of stress. We locked in here with a lot of anxious thoughts that are going on inside of our life. Some of you are watching right now and, and you couldn't even make it out of your room today because you're so twisted in your mind and in your life right now. And I want you to know that there is a peace that God gives that you can experience. And I believe that you, after today's message, you're gonna walk out of this place or you're gonna Finish listening online and you're gonna walk out different because you're gonna experience the peace that God wants to impart into every single one of our lives. And so Paul here, he's talking about shoes. And, and if you know anything about me, I know something about shoes. Because your pastor, he loves himself some shoes. Like, I, I am all about shoes. And I think, I, th I was thinking about, like, why do I love shoes so much? And it, it got me thinking back when I was going into the fourth grade after my third grade year. My stepdad had me work with him all summer long. And I worked all summer long tending block, digging footers, doing all kinds of stuff on, on job sites. And I earned enough money that at the end of that, right before I was going back to school, we were going school shopping. And my parents didn't, like, spend money on shoes. It's some, they're like, 
shoes don't, aren't that important. But for me as a kid, like shoes were important. So at, going into my fourth grade year, I made the first significant shoe purchase I ever made in my life. And it, it was a game changer for me. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, when I got a new pair of shoes, it made me run faster. I got a new pair of shoes. I could jump higher. Like, I was a better athlete, and I was popular. I mean, it, it encompassed all of those things. Come on, you guys, how many of you, when you were kids, when you got some shoes, they, like, changed everything? Like, you don't wear outfits, you wear clothes, and the shoes make the outfit. That's, that's how it works in my house. And so, like, I'm all about some shoes. And so, so I, I worked really hard, and, and, and I got these shoes, and they were, I was so excited about them. And, and, and a guy ended up making them really, really famous during the dunk contest, they, he bent down and, and everybody thought he was tying his shoe, but what he was doing is, is he was pumping up the Reebok pumps back in the day. Come on, everybody remember the pump? Like, I remember getting those, I'm going to the fourth grade, I'm five foot nothing, I'm like, I'm gonna dunk on somebody. I was fat, I couldn't even get off the ground, but I thought those pumps, those pumps were gonna make me a baller. Everybody, every, like, I just, I don't know about you, but I just feel that way. I feel that way about shoes right now. Like, I put on shoes, I'm like, man, I look good. Like, it just, just does something subconsciously in our line, minds. And here's what I know is that shoes have a lot of different meanings. They have a lot of different uh, tasks. Sometimes when you wear shoes, like, they give away, like, what you're gonna be doing that day. And so uh, I, I, I want you, I'm gonna put some different shoes up on the screen. And I want you to, you to tell me, like, what your assignment would be or what you would be doing if you were wearing these shoes. So if you're wearing these, what would you be going to do? Golf, Golf. okay. I, I need participation here today. <laughs> participation, so that means you need, so the golf, right? Those are Jordan 3s, but they have some golf spikes on them. Listen, you can be stylish and play golf too, it's okay. How, how about these shoes right here, what would you be doing? Ballet, Ballet. yeah, yeah. You, 11.30, you're way smarter than uh, Saturday night. They said like slippers, they like, they don't have a clue. <laughs> going on they're not very intelligent on Saturday night so all right what like what would you be doing if you're wearing these <laughs> 30 different answers rodeo uh, uh, line dancing you might be from Boynton Beach you know there's a lot of a lot of things that you 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 might be doing if you were wearing those okay okay like like what might you be if you're wearing these you're gonna be single for the rest of your life. That's, what, that's what's gonna happen if you're wearing those right there. I don't care who you are, that, my friends, is funny. Guaranteed there's some single person that wore those today and they're like, dang it, the one day I wore my Crocs to church. Some other services, people were identifying themselves. Oh, I'm wearing those, we know. We, you don't have to tell us. We, we know. <laughs> so, so let's get back on track now. I'm sorry for everybody that's watching online. You don't understand. So as Paul is writing this, he, he's, he's looking at the Roman soldier, and, and the Roman soldier's shoes, they're very unique. In fact, I, I, actually, I, I actually have a pair of shoes that were like from a first century Roman soldier, and, and I've, I've gotten the opportunity to travel all over the world and I love collecting things and getting things. And so when I, when I saw the opportunity to get these, uh, like I was like all over them. And it took me forever to find them on Amazon. 
So it's amazing what prom can do. It can take you back to first century. And so, uh, but the, these shoes are, are, are pretty unique. There's, there's some really long straps that would strap up all through there. And then, then you look at the bottom and they, that what they would actually do is they would put nails and they would drive nails in the bottom of the shoe and then they would cut them off. And, and everything about this shoe was designed for warfare for that Roman centurion. And so what we have to understand if you're taking notes here today, which you should be, is what the shoes do is they provide stability and mobility for the soldier. That's what the shoes were, were designed for because every piece of armor has a purpose and, and if we're gonna win this spiritual battle, this thing called spiritual warfare, we not only have to have stability but we have to have mobility for this fight because here's why. The stable soldier, what they can do is they can stand firm when the enemy attacks. So, so a lot of the Roman soldiers, what would happen is they would be in hand-to-hand -hand combat and in the middle of hand-to-hand -hand combat, the worst thing that could happen to the Roman soldier would be for them to lose their footing or to slip and fall. I mean, not only would it be detrimental to battle, but if they were just, if they were just in practice, if they were just going through the motions, it would also be embarrassing for them to lose their footing. So this, what would happen is these nail heads on the bottom of the shoe, they would create a grip to where they could actually be able to stand their ground when they're in the middle of combat. It, it, it's interesting because Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can what? Take your stand. See, there's a stand that you're supposed to have against the devil's schemes. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. I don't know if Paul is trying to convey something to us, but he sure is saying stand a lot, isn't he? Like he's saying that, you know what, there's gotta be a stand that we take in life. And I get so frustrated when I see people that call themselves Christians that are being swayed by everything in the world, that are getting pushed around by everything in the world, that are getting moved by every wave and every blow that is out there when you don't have to be unstable like the world is. Like everything can come at you but you can stand firm because you have some shoes on in your life that provide stability for you. And my hope is that we're gonna learn today how we can stand firm in this thing called life the way that God wants us to stand firm. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't let that job loss move you. Don't let that divorce move you. Don't let that situation move you. Don't let those finances move you. Don't let politics move you. We have to stand on what we believe. We have to stand on what is right. And I believe that if we learn how to stand, we'll be able to withstand everything the enemy throws at us. Here's the second thing as a mobile soldier, because it's not just being able to stand, because there, there has to be more purpose than standing, it's also about mobility. It's like, like if you were to be a, a, a warrior and all you did is stand there, it's almost like if you ever go to London and you go before uh, the, the Queen's Palace, I don't know what it's called, yeah. 
Is that what it's called? Somebody, somebody help me out. Palace. Okay, perfect. What it, what it is there? There's the guards that stand out there that all they do is they stand there all day long like this, right? And everybody's goal is to go up them and make them smile, make them move, make them whatever. But here's the thing. If a war breaks out and that dude's just standing there, what is he? He's an easy target. So it's not just about having the, the stability it's about having mobility in your life because there are some things that God wants you to move into. There is some territory that you need to take. There are some things that God wants you to achieve in your life, which is gonna cause you to move forward in your life. It's one of the reasons I love the mission of our church. We wanna make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow. There is some movement that is there in people's lives. We want you to move forward into the calling that God has for your life. We want you to move forward and start to experience community through connect groups. We want you to move forward and step out and lead a connect group. We want you to move forward and start to serve some other people. We want to see some movement in your life because you have some shoes on. Here's why this is important. Write it down. The mobile soldier can quickly move into battle. And you need this in your life because you need to be able to move quickly into battle. Because when there's an attack on your family, you don't stand back. No, 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 no. You move into protection mode for your family. Like, you move into battle mode for your kids. But like, you don't just stand back. No, no, no. You jump into the middle of that. That's why Jesus challenging his disciples in Luke chapter 14. He says, then the master told his servants, go out. Listen, you aren't always called to stay in. You're called to go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in. The church has been staying in for far too long. It's time for some of us to start going out so that my house may be full. Then Jesus in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, he says, therefore go. Like there's some movement that's required of us as Christians and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is a going that God wants for you. And so you have to have your shoes on in order to go. So this is not only a, a something that we need, but it's a tool. It's something that we have to have in our life. And we've been talking about the tools that Paul was talking about. We talked about the first week. We have to have the belt of truth. We have to have that wrapped around us. Then we have, last week we talked about the the breastplate of righteousness. We have to have this to protect the innermost parts and the important parts of our life. And then he says, you know what we need to have? We need to have this one thing that will provide stability and mobility from our life. And it's one word, and that word is peace. It's what we need in our life is we need some peace. And I've come to encourage some of you right now that your life, it feels like all hell is breaking loose. In fact, it's so breaking loose, you couldn't even get out of bed and come to church today. And I'm here to tell you that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that is available for you today. It's right here. And we as believers, we have it for us. It can bring you not only stability for your life, but it would also provide some mobility so that we can walk into chaotic situations and we can be the peace for that situation. We have access to that today. Here's what peace is, and this is important. If you're taking notes, peace is calm and tranquility of the soul. 
This is important because we talked about this last week that, that when we accept Christ, we have peace in our spirit, like in the spirit part of ours. In our heart, we have peace, but in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. For a lot of us, there's anxiousness, there's stress, there's all these things that are bubbling up. And it says, you know what peace does? It brings calm and tranquility to our soul amidst difficult circumstances. Like this should be the thing that defines the believer right here. Like you should be able to walk around no matter what you're going through and go, you know what, I have peace. Peace should be the default of every single believer. Why? Because we have the shoes on and the shoes default us to peace. So when the world is going crazy around us, we should just be there. And you're like, you look crazy. No, 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 I look peaceful. You look crazy. You're the one that's running around with your chi like a chicken with your head cut off. You're the one that's popping pills to try to sleep at night. You're the one that's drinking yourself to sleep. You're the one that's throwing yourself into another relationship. Come on, let's get real here, church. We're coping. And we think that that coping mechanism is going to bring us peace. But the mechanism does not bring us peace. Only what Philippians says, it says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know what it'll do? It'll guard your hearts and it will go and it will protect your minds through Christ Jesus. So what that means is you should be able to go through situations that the world is going through and the way they're, they're reacting should be the exact opposite way of the way that you're reacting because you have something that is greater than the world has. You have the Prince of Peace. So how do you and I experience that peace that brings stability and mobility to our lives? Number one, peace is what I have because Jesus lives in me. And you have to get this, and it's so important because people wonder, why am I not stable? Well, the reason you're not stable is because you're letting culture shift you. You're letting situations shift you. You're letting whatever's happening on CNN or Fox News or ABC shift you. And if you allow that stuff to guide your life, you know what your life is going to be? It is going to be an emotional roller coaster that's going to end with a train wreck. And here's the thing, as Christ followers, we don't have to succumb to that. That is not the life that God has called us to. God has called us to something that is better. And Jesus in us brings stability because we have peace no matter what is happening to us. I love what Paul said. He said, your feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And this is important because if you're gonna experience this, it has to be with Jesus. It starts with Jesus, and if Jesus is gonna be with you, then you're gonna experience peace. But how you experience peace is through the gospel of peace. And, and what, what a lot of people don't understand is that the gospel actually means good news. And out of the good news of what God did for you, you experience peace in life. And so I'm gonna go really elementary on you today for some of you, and then others of you, this is gonna be revolutionary. And I wanna go over the ABCs of the gospel. Because if you don't get this, you're not gonna get anything else the Bible has to talk about. So the ABCs of the gospel, gospel is the good news. So what that means 
means is the first letter is A. It means to admit. It means that we have to admit that we are sinners, that we are broken, that we are helpless, that we are fallen, that we are separated. We were not created in relationship with God. We were actually alienated from God. And we have to admit that because until we get to this place of humility where we realize that, man, I've been doing it my way and my way's not working and there has got to be a better way and I'm not figuring it out. Until we get to that point, we'll never get to the second part, which is B, which is belief. That not only do we believe that there is a problem, but we also believe that there is a solution and the solution's name is Jesus. Solution's name is, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. And the way that we have eternal life is that we do what the Bible says, that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. That what he did on the cross of Calvary is transformational for me and you. And then what we have to do, the sea is come. Like, we have to come to God. In other words, we have to turn from our way of doing life. We, like, we have to realize that like, this way has not worked. And we have to make a 180, which is the idea of repentance. It's no longer my way, but I'm going to do things your way, God. Like my way got me where I'm at. Your way is taking me to where peace is. And it's important because the result of admitting, believing, and coming to God is we receive peace in our life because we were at war with God before and now we are friends with God after I, I love what, what uh, Isaiah said about Jesus. He said this in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is all about Christmas, we're about to celebrate this and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So when you, see, when you receive Jesus, you receive a peace that surpasses understanding. Colossians chapter three, verse 13, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called, like, do you realize this? You were called to peace. And I love what Jesus said in John chapter 14, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I want you to understand that God's peace is way different than the world's peace. The world's peace is, here's a pill. Here's a prescription. And you know what those things do? They provide temporary relief. He says, man, my peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Why? Because God gives something so much better than what we can ever experience in this world. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of reasons to follow Jesus from eternity in heaven and forgiveness of sins. But I would suspect that for most of us, the thing that we need most from God right now is peace in our life. In a world where depression is on the rise, where suicide has been astronomical over the last two years, you know what more people are searching for? Peace. It's a peace that you can go through trials and everything is chaos around you, but there is peace within you. And we can experience this. And as your pastor, I get to talk to so many of you that are going through so many different things, whether it's a phone call about your spouse that's in the hospital or that child that has ran away or that diagnosis that has come into your life. 
or the death of a loved one or friend. And almost every single one of those stories, what happens in the middle of those conversations is, is that person is going through chaos, begins to press into the presence of God, begins to press into Jesus in their life. And listen, their situation does not change in that moment. That diagnosis is still real. That death is still taking place. That child may be on the run, but they're able to look at it in the middle of it. And everybody else is looking at them and going, why? Everybody else is freaking out. But they always say at the end of it, so weird, Pastor. Like, even though there was all this stuff going on, like every day I would lay down and I would wake up and I would just have peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace was living inside of me. And every single one of us can live with that same peace being our source in life. See, I, I, when my peace is based on my situations, here's what I know. I'm prone to fall. But when my peace is based on my Savior, you know what I can do? I can stand firm. We're basing things on situations. You, you know what's happening to people in life? They're, they're falling all over the place. But the peace that we have, it can be a stabilizing force in our life. And I know a lot of you guys, you're going through troubles. You're going through trials right now. And I believe that God wants to impart his peace into your life. And at the end of service, we're going to give you a moment where I believe that God is going to impart supernatural peace in your life. It's going to stabilize you right here and right now. Here's the second one. Not only does peace come from the shoes that bring stability, but it also brings mobility. So number two, peace is what I make because Jesus works through me. Peace is what I make because Jesus works through me. Because when you're in the middle of a crisis, you should have peace internally. But there are moments where, where things are going on and you're at peace, but there is not peace in the world. We've all experienced that over the last couple years. So there, there are certain times where you have peace and yet there's no peace anywhere else out there in the world. And God doesn't just call us to stay in our little cocoon bubble here and go, well, I'm at peace, so who cares about the world? No, no, no. There's moments where we have to go from I'm stable and I'm good to where I'm mobile and I'm gonna bring peace into instability. I'm gonna bring peace into the chaotic moment that is out there. And it's important for us to understand as Christians, when we get involved in something, things should always get better because we're there. Like the problem I have is when some of you guys get involved in things, things don't get better, they get worse. Like there's more drama, there's more fighting, there's more mud being slang all over the place. Listen, because Coastal Community Church is on social media, social media should be better because of it. Like your marriage right now that's falling apart, it should get better because you're involved in it. And when you're involved in it, you bring peace in the middle of that marriage. Like your family should get better because when you show up, peace just walked into that room. 
Like things should get better. And as a soldier, not only do I have stability because of peace, but I have mobility to walk into every situation and make things better. Like, if you were to make an appointment with me and you were to come in and say, you know what, TJ, man, I'm having all this trouble. I have all this friction with these people and here's what's going on. Everybody wants me to take their side and here's what I would tell you. It's one of my favorite verses out of Romans chapter 12, verse 18. I would tell you, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, it's not about them, it's not about them apologizing, it's not about them doing anything. As far as it depends on you, here's what you need to do. You need to live at peace with everybody. So what does that mean? You have to walk in peace with every single person. And Paul is writing this passage of scripture about shoes of peace to a church in Ephesus is very much like our church. It is a diverse, it is a diversity in age, it's diversity in, in, in backgrounds, it's diverse in so many different aspects. There's Greeks, there's Romans, there's Jewish people, there's Gentiles all in there. And all of those people individually had problems with one another. Like they hated each other and yet they're all sitting together in this community where Paul is going, hey, you've got to be at peace with one another. And then I look around at our church with so much diversity in it from all the different ethnic groups to the, all the different people groups here. And I know how opinionated some of you guys are, how political some of you guys are. And I look out there and I see you sitting next to people that have the exact opposite opinion of you. And I'm like, if they only knew. But I love the fact that we don't unite about what is different about us. We unite about the one thing that matters, the name that is above all names, not Republican, not Democrat, not white, not Hispanic. We are united under one name, the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. I love what Paul wrote in Ephesians earlier in chapter two. He says, for he himself, talking about Jesus, is our peace, who has made two groups one and destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility, which by the way, church is our example. This is our example right here. Like that you should walk into every situation and make the focus less about the political climate, less about the controversy, less about the problem and more about bringing peace into the situation. So here's the challenge for us. This is Jesus's challenge. It's in the middle of the Beatitudes, he says this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice he did not say, blessed are the peacekeepers. There's a big difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. See, when two countries go to, go to war at each other, they start bombing each other, the peacekeepers go in and, and they're like, please stop bombing each other. That's what peacekeepers do. Peacemakers, they take a different approach. They, not only do they go in and say, hey, please stop bombing each other, but they say, hey, let's bring you together and let's find out how we can, how we can come together and be friends. It's a big difference between those two. See, you need to understand, you won't find peace until you make peace. And a lot of you guys, you're waiting for somebody else to make the first move. You're waiting for somebody else to act. And, and I'm gonna challenge you today as your pastor, it is no longer their move to make. You have got the gospel shoes of peace on. God has saved you, he's transformed you, he's renewed you, and he's given you the peace of God to walk into every hostile situation and be a peacemaker. 
And so everywhere you go, it should get better because you're there. Let me give you this Hebrew word. It's, it's used over 200 times throughout scripture and uh, it's a powerful word. It's the word shalom. And it means ultimate peace, wholeness. And so if, if you understand Jewish culture at all, when you walk into a home, the first thing you would say is shalom. And it's way different than hello. A lot of people think, well, I said shalom, that means hello. It's actually way different than that. It's, it's when you walk into a home and you recognize that there is some chaos there, you say shalom, and what you're saying in that moment is you're saying, hey, I, I know that there's chaos here, but I am peace, and because I'm here, I'm gonna bring wholeness to this situation. It's way different than hello. It's, it's a peace, it's a wholeness that needs to come into every single one of our lives. So write it down like this. Since peace lives within me, I can now establish peace all around me. So I don't know what it is with your life. Some of you guys are in need of some stability today. And as we pray, I believe that God's gonna give you that. And then there's others of you, there's a situation that you know God is calling you to. And I don't know if you're like me, but, but like I am not a person that loves conflict. In fact, I, I avoid conflict kind of at all costs. I'll, I'll wait till the last possible second to have conflict because I would rather, I'd just rather ignore conflict. If you, if you, wanna, if you want conflict, like go talk to Pastor Josh. Josh loves conflict. <laughs> Not like he's looking to create it, but like he has no problem. I'm trying to help him out now that I just did that. I just dug him a hole. Uh, <laughs> But, but like if there's conflict going on, I'll be like, hey, Josh, can you go talk to somebody about this? Because Josh, Josh, he has like a natural inclination and his temperament works really, really great with conflict and he's able to resolve that really, really well. I, I, I am not, I like to ignore it. Like, I, like we've recently had some conflict in our immediate family. Not our, not our immediate family, our, in, in our family. And, uh, and it's been going on for a, a, a while and and what I do when conflict arises is, is I just, I just kind of cut that relationship off. I'm like, well, they, they're, they're drama. I'm not gonna talk to them. So when they call, I just ignore it. You know, you just hit the, hit the button to go straight to voicemail. That's me. <laughs> just being honest. Because I don't like it. Like, if you like conflict besides Josh, there's something wrong with you. It's just not, it's just not... It's just not right. Why? Because I, I, I'm gonna guess you're like me and I like, I like people to like me. And when there's conflict, there's tension in that relationship. So there's, there's tension in our, in our family. And, uh, and I've, been, I've been ignoring it for a while. And, and God started convicting me like, TJ, like you need to resolve this conflict that's going on. And I'm like, this conflict has nothing to do with me. Like I'm not even involved in the situation. I have no input in the situation. Like I think those people are crazy right now. Like I have a saying in my life, you can't fix stupid, you can only love it. And I didn't even wanna love it right then. You know, it's just like. He's like, God just started like, TJ, you need, to, you need to do something about this. And we had some of this family coming in in town and so I started praying, I started asking God, I started reading some books on conflict resolution and 
how to do it properly and what does that look like? And I started one by one. I, re I remember I was in the car driving with this individual and, and they were going off. They were screaming and they were yelling and they were, they were just angry. And this is not a great conflict resolution, but I was just giggling the entire time watching them. Just like, that did, it did not help the situation, but I thought it was funny. Um, but I just kept calm and I, I, just, I just listened. And then there just came this moment where like the atmosphere changed. Because it's really easy to respond. It's really easy to go, I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna show you where you're wrong. It's not my job, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And all of a sudden the conversation began to shift. Clarity began to happen. Resolution began to take place. Healing began to take place. Why? Because we're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers. And I don't know what you need to walk into today. Maybe it's a situation at your work where there's some drama there that really has nothing to do with you. Maybe it's that child that has been on the run Maybe it has something to do with your family, like you haven't spoken to your parents in years. And you're like, but TJ, you don't know how they hurt me. You're right, I don't. I have no idea. But here's what I know, is if you bring shalom, ultimate peace, wholeness into that situation, and you're fitted with the gospel shoes of peace. And you remember that God saved you. He made you right with him. He transformed you. And because of all that, here's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring the peace that he's given me into the chaos that's facing you. And honestly, that's what we're called to be as the church. It's so easy for us to go, well, when they figure it out and they come to me, or when they come to church, then, then they'll experience peace. No, 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 no. We're called to bring peace to everyone. It's one of the reasons why we're going to Lighthouse Point. We're not waiting for them to come to Parkland to experience peace. We're going to them to bring them peace. To bring them hope. To do our part because we're called to be peacemakers. So here's my question for you, and I'm gonna close with this. Is this church, where is God sending you? Where is he sending me to bring his peace? Where's he sending you? What is the situation that you're in in life? What is, what is the, the place in life that God has equipped you through him to be the solution to that problem?
because you're strapped up and fitted with the gospel shoes of peace. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different here than we normally do. I'm going to ask everybody here to just put their stuff down and just stand up here. Just take a stand. Because I believe that we're in a moment where God wants to impart some peace into our lives. For some of us, for stability. For others of us, for mobility. Because there is a battle that we're either in or that God has called us to that we need to bring peace to. And here's what I know for, for one group of people in here, the battle that's going on is the battle that's within you. It's a battle of depression. It's a battle of anxiety. It's a battle of stress. It's a battle of anxiousness. It's, it's, it's like everything is going on inside of you. It might not be going on around you, but it's definitely going on inside of you. And here's what I know is that God wants to impart some peace into your life here today. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to just kind of put your hands out like this and get ready to receive that all that God has. And people throughout all of our service, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have been raising their hands every service like this. Now there's a second group. Like, you're good. Like, you have peace. But here's what I know. There's a situation at your work. There's a situation in your neighborhood. There's a situation in your family that God has said, man, I've given you peace, but it's time for you to not just have peace, but be a peacemaker. And if that's you, I would just ask you to put your hands out like this as well. And we're gonna believe God that he's gonna impart some supernatural peace into our lives today. And then we're gonna receive it and we're gonna believe that we're gonna receive that peace that surpasses all understanding. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, I pray for your people right now, God, that are so overwhelmed with the battles that they are facing, the struggles that are within them. Lord, like God, I just pray that they would begin to receive your peace right here, right now, that shalom peace, that ultimate peace that surpasses all understanding, the anxiety, the anxiety, anxiousness. God, I pray calm and tranquility over people's lives right now in the name of Jesus. Those anxious thoughts, God, I pray stability would begin to take place. That the chaos that's happening within there right now, that God, you would bring a calm that overwhelms them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. God, that, that peace would flow through their body like never before. That the anxiousness, the depression would cease to exist right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer from coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And we take authority over this moment, thanking you that you have put the Prince of Peace in our lives. God, for those that are out there that have peace, that know that there are some situations they need to walk into, God, would you equip them right now with your strength, with your wisdom, with your words, with conflict resolution, that they would walk into the midst of battles, into the midst of chaos. And because their presence is there, the presence of Jesus would be there also. And that peace would permeate those places and the chaos would cease to exist. The battles would dissipate. And God, we would experience that peace that surpasses all understanding in every aspect of life. God, we thank you for your peace. We worship you here because you are the God of peace. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship God here, church. Come on, let's sing it out. Let's
pray for here today. It might be the most important prayer that we ever make. It's for a group of people that have never experienced the Prince of Peace, the gospel that we talked about earlier, that there is, there is a God that loved you so much that he saw you in the midst of the chaos. He saw you in the midst of your battle before you ever faced it. He said, I'll make a way where there is no way so that they can experience my peace. And maybe you're here today and you need to admit for the first time or the first time in a long time that you're a sinner in need of a savior. And that you're ready to believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, that what he did on the cross of Calvary was for you. So that you could be experienced salvation and you're tired of doing things your way, but you're ready to turn and come to God and say, no longer my way, but your way. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, that's me. If you're watching online right now and you say, that's me, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, we'd love to pray with you a simple yet significant prayer that changes everything for everybody. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip your hands up. We'd love to pray with you. Yes, sir, I see you. One, two, thank you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Three, thank you. Anybody else? I see you back there. Four, thank you. Anybody over here? If you'll pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you would give your one and only son to pay a price that I could never pay for my sin. God, I ask you to forgive me of all the things I've done wrong, past, present, and in my future. I ask you to come into my heart, take over. Not only do I believe in my heart, but I confess right now that you are Lord. Now I turn from my ways and I say, I'm gonna follow your ways, not just to be my savior, but to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy. But God, most of all, fill me with your peace that surpasses all understanding. God, we love you in this place. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those people that just made a decision to follow Jesus. You just made the best decision you could ever make. And, and I want you to know that that decision, we wanna help you on that journey of faith. So right after service, if right across from the coffee bar is a place called The Hub, we'd love for you to stop there. We have some tools, we have some resources that we'd love to put in your hands to equip you for your journey of faith that you began to hear today. For the rest of us, man, I'm excited for what God has for us for the rest of this series and this legacy season. I hope you guys have a great weekend. God bless, I love being your pastor. Have a great day.